PGA Tour events, including the 2002 Masters Tournament, the U.S. Open, the Bay Hill Invitational, the Buick Open, the American Express World Golf Championship. All right, all right. <laughs> All right, we're back for Pro Golf Podcast number nine. A little hiatus there, but Brandon Wilhelm, Justin Morrison here with you. I've got a little one at home, three month old. Nobody told me life was going to be hard. Everybody said, you know, have a baby, it'll be easy. No, no work or anything. I wish somebody would have told me how little sleep I'm getting, how much time they eat up. Jeez, no time well, for podcasts. It's good to be back and uh, good to see you again. And got a little early morning nine in. Just to get the uh, juices flowing. And yeah, with short nine out here at Willow's Run. I mean, Willow's Run, to me, I think of one of the busiest places in the Puget Sound to play golf. Absolutely. You come out here, the short nine, Heron Lynx, 7.30, Saturday morning, beautiful day. Not anybody out here. Two cars in the parking lot. I mean. Yours and mine. <laughs> a lot is made about, you know, getting out and finding time to play golf. If you want to go work on shots from 150 down to 75, I mean, it, we had a good time this morning. Yeah. Good, good hour and we're done. Plenty of time to play two balls, too. If you're looking to just hone a little short game and think you can get, uh, get on for a grand total of $14. So it's pretty, pretty good, good deal. Pretty good deal. So, a lot has happened since our last, because our last talk, we previewed the U.S. Open. Three majors have come and gone since our last podcast, but uh, a chance maybe to just kind of recap the major season as a whole. Four very different venues, Augusta, Aaron Hills. Birkdale, Royal Birkdale. Royal Birkdale, and the PGA Championship at Quail Hollow. Each one, you know, had its own sort of storylines to it. I think... I think three out of the four were terrific golf watches. What what was your favorite looking back? Which one did you enjoy the most? Well, going back to our last podcast, I think we, we talked about our, our favorite majors. And uh, turns out the best major of the year, my favorite major. What's your favorite major? <laughs> the Open Championship. Yeah. It, I mean, I could play contrarian and try and pick something different. You can't. But really, you can't. I mean, the way that went down... On the back nine, I mean, it's all normally all about the back nine at Augusta, but the back nine at Royal Birkdale, five holes, could not take your eyes off that. And let's just let's just dive into that real quick because Jordan Spieth was going around doing his business for three rounds, mm -hmm. and I think everybody had it that he was gonna cakewalk his way to a victory. No offense to Matt Kuchar, but I like it, the guy. But Spieth, after shooting two sixty fives, he goes out and is like. Wet in his pants on the front nine. It's like a gust all over again. Missing short putts. And then we get to the real heart of it. When the two were locked up, tied on the back nine, Kuchar playing a nice steady round of golf, Spieth falling apart. He really fell apart. The tee shot on 13. <laughs> what was your – I mean, when you watched that happen, what were you thinking? Uh, whoops. <laughs> We've I all mean, hit that shot before, oh, too. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. But we felt like that – after Augusta two years ago right. that he'd kind of cured his demons and, you know, he's gotten to a place where he knows how to accept that position now. And then you just don't expect that out of Jordan Spieth. He went full surrender Cobra. He hit that right. He put his hands up and, like, put them on his head. Like, what the hell did I just do? Reminds you of Phil back in the it, day. This, there are some – yeah, there are some oh. moments where you can picture the reaction of the golfer. Phil, when he hooked it or um, sliced it, 
crap out of it at Wingfoot. Yeah. You, you think of like Vandeveld sitting there and Oof. the burn at Carnoustie. Oof. It was on that level. Though. Oh yeah. It was especially when. When you know Vandeveld, he took so long. He took his shoes and socks off, got into the burn, uh-huh. and then the way that Spieths broke down with him. One, they were lucky to find the damn ball. Oh yeah, right? I mean oh, they were yeah. really lucky to find it. He was over clear on the other side of the dune. Yeah, found the ball, unplayable. His relief is <laughs> freaking tour trucks. Suspect rule <laughs> ruling on uh, on the drop it, on a driving range. How is it in play? But every week you see guys take advantage of the rules. Spieth took advantage of the rules that were allowed to him, and then you know what? He hit a pretty clutch shot. The putt that he made that started everything. Oh yeah. When he rolled in that putt for bogey, it just changed everything. Yeah, and then he just goes on and birdie eagle birdie birdie last five holes how do you compete with that if you you're don't Kuchar? you don't yeah and especially if you're Kuchar. flipped the switch nearly jarred it for an ace like you said made birdie then the eagle which was a bomb bomb yeah you get that yeah <laughs> which will go down in history not only for uh for tour sauce moment but uh but just you know it just shows some of the old guys they might take that as they might misconstrued that whole moment as oh that's just a young punk out there doing what he's doing yeah that's that shows you how the relationship between Michael Greller and Jordan Spieth works and they're just you know equally as pumped you know doing the jump you know chest pump when yeah. Jordan hold it yeah. out of the bunker yeah. you know earlier in the year so really really cool major and really cool moment i think one of the it's one of the things people like why jordan spieth is so likable and so easy to root for is because he attracts both ends of the spectrum right he goes to a place that is sort of cocky brash Uh you get that and chest bumps and whatever i mean that's a little bit over the norms over what's acceptable but at the same token he's gonna come back and do other things like come out of the crowd to like watch the finish at the open championship the year before when Zach Johnson won. Yep. And he's going to, you know, talk about how he felt for Matt Kuchar and like seeing his family there, they had surprised him and flown from Colorado to Scotland to, to take it all in, you know, and he's able to kind of, you know, mesh both of those. He's grounded in one aspect, but he's certainly got a fire in him oh, that yeah. comes out on the golf course. Yeah. You know, fortunately for us, we, we get to witness this young adult do what he's doing right now, where yeah. we were also blessed to come up when Tiger, you know, was just putting a whooping on everyone. Right. And obviously, you know, changed the way that you and I look at golf. Right. This is exactly what golf has needed since you know the tiger kind of downfall and collapse and he is making the trio of spring breakers or whatever they call (laughs) themselves now smiley and justin thomas and ricky fowler he's making all of them better and proof this year you know justin thomas wins his first major yeah i was gonna i was thinking about campaigning for the pga championship but it would probably been you know recency bias because it was the last one that happened and you know, it, it was a, definitely a good watch, especially, again, the back nine. There was a moment where it felt like about eight people could have won that tournament. Um, Kisner and Stroud were out, and, you know, they were the final pairing, but it always felt like somebody from that chase pack was going to come after him because he had Matsuyama, Justin yep. Thomas, Patrick Reed was right there, Ricky Fowler put on a late charge, too. I mean, the, the chase pack had so many people in it, it felt like kind of a foregone conclusion, but... It was really, it was really dramatic watch be, because you had a chip in, you had that putt that hung on the lip forever, 
It was fun to see Justin Thomas, who'd been knocking at the door. He'd had a great year, but knocking at the door and knocked it down in that win. Well, and then, you know, not to not to mention, you have, you know, what's known as the green mile at Quail Hollow, those last three holes, and one of the toughest stretches in golf um, that any of these guys play. And to see him obviously pull from the three previous wins he had this year, and, you know, he wasn't playing the best golf of his life coming into this. Right. And to just stay true, just to stay patient and play your game. Because, honestly, I thought Matsuyama was just going to go up there and snatch it. I did, too, because the week before he had fired that incredible 61. The other cool thing, too, shorts during the practice round. (laughs) During the practice round, yeah. Which I think is awesome. I think that it's absurd. Well, They shouldn't be able to wear shorts anytime that they want. Somebody who wears shorts yourself yeah about 55 degrees and up you're, yeah. you're a shorts guy so oh i'm wearing <laughs> shorts abandoned this year for sure there might <laughs> be rain pants over yeah, them but yeah. but anyways i mean i think it's really cool that they're they are experimenting with this i know all the tour players give them the option i mean there's still guys that are gonna wear pants because they're just they used to wearing pants legs. or they're yeah or they're white or whatever <laughs> i think it's cool that that they have loosened their grip on this and the one thing that, that struck me out of all of it was Kevin Kisner had a quote. He goes, well, if you allow me to wear shorts, drink beer, and drive a cart on any tournament, I'd win every single one of them. <laughs> and I just, you know, I just, you know, it gives you a little light into, you know, that even though these guys are very professional and, and they appear so on TV, right. that it's not always the most fun to go out there in 95 degree weather and put pants on and, no. and sweat your ass off oh my and gosh. grind where, you know, if you can wear shorts, that's just part of it. Like just being comfortable. Yeah. And I, if you're comfortable, you obviously play better golf. I, I sometimes don't know how they do it. Cause I have visions of like Southern Hills, which is, I think is in like Tulsa, Tulsa, or like yeah, yeah. Tulsa, Oklahoma, PGA championship in the middle of freaking August. Yeah. And I can picture tiger, I can picture Tiger, who's in as good a shape as any golfer probably, you know, in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And Tiger's got swamp ass on oh, the yeah. first hole. Yeah. You know, just through a warm-up session, yeah. Firestone. In sneakily, Justin Thomas has four wins this year. And so if you're not following golf, and the first win he had was kind of in the shoulder season before Hawaii and all that. But still, that's four wins. At this point in the season, I mean, is Justin Thomas your player of the year? Hands down. Can anybody do something to take it away from Absolutely. Him? Okay, yeah, that's the key. We've got we've got four big tournaments. Yeah. There's talk for Matsuyama. Uh-huh. There's talk for Jordan Spieth. Uh-huh. So, um, Matsu- beyond- the cases would be Matsuyama has matched Justin Thomas in wins, just doesn't have a major to go with it. Yep. And then Jordan Spieth has three wins, one less, but he does have that major. So, certainly they seem like they're right there. Plus, let's not forget that before the major started, Dustin Johnson seemed like, I mean, he was going to run away with the player of the year. Yeah. He won every tournament he entered, slip and fall down a couple of stairs, and it's been a totally different season for him. So crazy how things can and can change like that. But I personally think it's a two-horse race. I think it's Spieth and his buddy Thomas. I mean, yeah. it's, I, it's like the other year when, when Day and Spieth were going back and forth. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, you know, ultimately – I think it's going to come down to the Tour Championship. Probably. And they're both, I think, within, you know, four or five spots of each other in the FedEx Cup points right now. 
So there's, you know, all likelihood they're going to be at one of the 30 players at the Tour Championship. And I think it's going to come down to it. We always talk about what a dream scenario would be. We always wanted Phil and Tiger going head-to-head back in the day. But these two guys who are friends, clearly, um, you know, you see those pictures of them back in junior golf, mm-hmm. uh, sitting out there eating a hot dog and drinking <laughs> a soda or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if somehow, some way, they're both going to be in the Tour Championship, if it came down to them two playing together on a Sunday in Atlanta, I mean, I think that would be really, really cool for the game of golf. I'd really. be curious to see, though, how how fiery and how gritty they do get. Yeah. You know, if it comes down head-to-head, one and two, final pairing at Tour Championship, and just to see, you know, with everything on the line, yeah. you know, player of the year. 10 million bucks, <laughs> you know, tack on another, you know, one and a half for, yeah. for the tournament. You know, I, yeah. you know, That'd it's good it. golf. What about the other side? The, uh, the ladies version of the, the Ryder cup, which just completed here at the Solheim cup. You were following that diligently. It sounds oh, like I had, I had a few days off that I normally don't. And I tuned in and it, and it shocked me is I watch some women's golf here and there when it's on. I mean, I, I like golf all the way around. Yeah. I'll watch amateur events if they're on the golf channel, but really good golf. The match between Lexi Thompson and Norquist. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I was following Twitter. I was watching TV <laughs> and a lot of the, a lot of the PGA players and even tigers chiming in the whole time that match. If you weren't watching it, May have been the best head-to-head match you will see all year. Match play is so much fun, and I'm you know I watched. I didn't watch it as diligently as you, but I definitely tuned in on on Sunday. Oh heck, I I did. I guess I tuned in every single day to to watch it because because that competition is so different and so fun. And you're right, that match was great because Nordquist steamed out to an early lead, and Lexi Thompson fought back, and in the end they halved it, which seemed sort of fair, right? Yeah, in the yeah. end. Even before that, watching some of the other days, Brittany Lincecum on Saturday birdied the first six holes in her round, yeah. and then her partner dunked one for an eagle on the seventh hole. Yeah. I mean, the thing about match play and Solheim Cup follows suit just like the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup, somehow it, they take their game to a totally different level, and you see more holeouts and spectacular shots in those tournaments, and it's just it's really thrilling to watch. Oh, absolutely. And overall, I mean, it has the same type of dynamic as a Ryder Cup. Yeah. You've got the young, you know, rookies or the young first year, second year players, Daniel Kang. Yep. Oh, awesome. She you know, just bring year, tons yeah. of energy, pumping up the crowd on the first tee. You know, just a lot of young talent on that team that put on a really good show and ultimately just slaughtered the Europeans. One of the other things that kind of caught a lot of people's attention and inspired far too many hot takes on the internet and Twitter uh, alike was that Steph Curry uh, stepped in, got a sponsor's exemption to a, a web.com tour event. And I mean, I assume everybody that might be listening to a golf podcast knows what web.com, I mean, it is the minor leagues. These guys are on the verge of going up and joining the PGA tour. Um, top 25 guys end up getting onto the, the PGA tour next year. And Steph Curry plays in this event in Northern California. And, man, people come out of the woodwork to offer their opinions on this about whether he should, whether he shouldn't, whether it's right. You know, he's taking somebody's spot, somebody trying to make a living. Frankly, I mean, that's so stupid. 
It's so stupid. The diehard golf fans watch web.com, right? Everybody else in the country doesn't care. Couldn't give two you-know-whats about it. Yeah. And Steph Curry gets a sponsor's exemption for it, and ticket sales go up, interest goes up. How is it bad for the game? How is how is offering Steph Curry taking the spot of an unknown? People like characterize this like this poor golfer that they he took his spot. Who was it? Who whose spot did he take? Who's really being slighted by this? He goes out and you know, I think a lot of people expected him to embarrass himself. He did anything but that. He played well. I don't know. I, I thought it was a lot of buildup, a lot of people wringing their hands over nothing. And in the end, it was just awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, Twitter did. Twitter was set on fire with either good or bad. You know, obviously, Curry transcends sport. Yeah. He, he's he got a, a lot of friends out there. That a certain je ne sais quoi. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, yeah, so he had a lot of support coming, obviously, from, from his side um, of athletics and obviously in pop culture. But also, you know, a lot of the golfers, too, that respect what he does, not only on the basketball court, but the ability to come out and say, hey, I got enough huevos to come out here and take this exemption and do right. it. Because, you know, there there has to be a little piece of you, you know, that says, you know, this is going to be on TV and I don't want to embarrass myself. Right. And but it you also, don't want to pull a Jerry Rice and go out there and shoot oh, in the mid-80s yeah. two times in a 82, row. 82, 85, exit right. I think for the most part, you know, you're spot on with, with you know, the whole talk about the sponsor exemption. It's... Um, sure. I mean, it happens all the time, but it happens on the PGA tour as well, right? Where you have guys that, you know, have either sponsorship ties or local ties to a golf course or and they're, and they're bumping someone who's, who's trying to, who's trying to grind out a, you know, a cut yeah. just to get to the next week. Right. So your, your claim that this is taken away from someone else, it happens every single week on every single tour. So lock it up and shove it. Get over so, it. Yeah. but like you said, Ticket sales go up, and you know to go out and shoot 74, 74 at a professionally set up golf course, big ups, man. Yeah, it, uh, it, his short game I think really impressed. Uh, there, that one guy said he'll eat his bag if he breaks eighty, and yet I think what you were just hitting on was that I watched that tournament and I I did come away thinking, okay, yeah, Steph Curry can really play, but I also came away thinking he shot 74, 74 and missed the cut by eleven strokes. Yeah. Those guys were lighting it up out yeah. there. So you tune in and you see, oh my gosh, these guys are really, really good. So yeah, it does do a lot to, to kind of boost the notoriety of those guys on that tour. He didn't finish DFL. No. He was I think close, a, but he was close, but he wasn't. Yeah. Seventy four. There's 70. a guy there's a guy that plays out there week in and week out that was DFL. There was a guy that won uh, the Aaron Wise finished like two strokes ahead of him. He won the NCAA championship yeah. two years ago. Yep. So it was, I thought, a really, really good showing from Steph Curry, and you said it. I mean, it took some guts. It took some huevos. That'll do it for this episode of the Pro Golf Podcast. We'll try and get back to this when um, I'll talk to my three-month-old. I'll see when she's got time in the future, when her schedule will allow me to step away again. <laughs> uh, um, certainly, we'll try and come back at you, wrap up the FedEx Cup season, going to try and maybe look ahead to the President's Cup between now and then, play some good golf. Enjoy the last few what uh, month of summer here, hopefully. Yeah, uh, watch some good golf. There's a there's a good stretch coming down the FedEx Cup tour, so make sure you tune in the next uh, three weeks. For Brandon, I'm Justin. I'll do it for the Pro Golf Podcast.